0: Welcome to the Rap Race to Five podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place.
1: Here to challenge you to think out of the box, your hosts, Felipe Mejia and Diego Corzo.
0: Diego, we're back at the Rat Race to Five podcast. I've had COVID for the past like 13 days, so I've been like totally out of it. So everyone who's been listening, sorry about the delay. Uh, Diego, how's Austin, man? How are you?
2: Austin is, I mean, Austin is great. It's a little bit colder than usual, but uh, I'm excited that I'm going to be seeing you tomorrow in Nashville. So Yeah,
0: super excited for that. We're going to have a meetup. Um, Today we have an awesome guest. Her name is Tiffany. She's got 122 units. She's 25 And she manages 300 plus units, which is huge. And she talks about the processes, procedures she does, the job that got her into what she's doing. There's so much sauce in this uh, podcast. I I wish it would have gone another hour, Um, but we wanna definitely respect her time. Uh, So let's just get right into it with Tiffany. But before we do that, let's hear from one of our sponsors real quick. Hey guys, I'm Felipe from REI Call Center. We're super excited that you're listening to the podcast. If you are interested in an amazing cold caller for your wholesale or realtor business, please reach out to the guys at reicallcenter.com. Let's get started. Diego, what's up, man? We're super excited. Dude, we got Tiffany today on the podcast. I'll introduce her here in 30 seconds. Uh, But dude, I'm finally over COVID. Oh my gosh. Can I get a round of applause? That was nuts, man. I know like that was crazy, but we're not here to talk about me and COVID uh, or what we got going on. We got Tiffany uh, today on the podcast. Super excited to hear her story. Tiffany, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. I just got over COVID as well, so we're in this together. (laughs) Let's
0: do it. That's good. How was your experience, Tiffany? Because mine was terrible.
1: It was crazy. The first two days I couldn't even really open my eyes. Um, after that, it just turned into extreme fatigue and it was about two and a half weeks ago. And yesterday was the first night I didn't sleep for 12 hours. So the experience, yes.
0: Yeah. You uh, know, it's funny. I was, I was weak. I had chills, coughs, even right now. Like right now you might even might hear me cough a little bit on the podcast. I apologize. Like I lose my breath if I'm too much. Um, but yeah, it was nuts. I totally have an, um, another respect for, Uh, you know, COVID when at first I took it more lightly, man, that was, that was nuts. It's funny because I went like two years without getting it. And then like six days into 2022, it's like, wow. And like, that was it. It was nuts.
1: You can't run. Everybody's going to get it at some point.
0: (laughs) Man, it's so true. Diego,
2: have you gotten it? No, I'm still, and I was just at a, like two to 300 people event last, uh, last week. Um, but thankfully knock on wood, I'm still good um i go into houses open houses as a realtor right yeah um, dang you're out there i'm still but like yeah i'm still good i,
0: I hope this isn't political because poli- people have politicized it I, I think that's the right word but, but you're like vaccinated right and like boosted yeah. up and like all that
2: um i haven't done my booster but i do i did have a uh,
0: you didn't a get back. So I wonder if like that's got something to do with it because I got it. And I was like, oh, my deathbed. And I was like, damn, screw this. This is scary. But yeah. we're not here to talk about COVID or vaccines or any of that. We are not Joe Rogan, even though I love his podcast. We're here to talk about or talk with Tiffany about real estate and all that. So make sure you stay to the very end. There's probably some really good stories. But before we get to that, Tiffany, can you tell us a little bit more like who were you in high school or maybe even college? Who were you growing up in your teenage years? how did you get led into real estate? Like give us, give us, give us the good stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. So throughout my life, I actually moved quite a bit with my family. We weren't military. We weren't anything like that. We just tend to move a lot. Um, But growing up, my dad actually flipped homes and growing up, I didn't really have any terminology or um, knowledge of, you know, this is cool. He's a real estate investor, anything like that. Um, It was more so Hey, you know, you're gonna scrape some popcorn ceilings, or hey, you're gonna, you know, sledgehammer this wall down today um, in elementary school. But in high school, I was a nerd, um, more introverted, um, played basketball, but really more introverted. And throughout my years, I grew up just saying, hey, I'm gonna be a millionaire. And I didn't know what that meant, but just knowing that um, the financial freedom, the time freedom to hang out with my family, and then growing up and after college, I started working in apartment management, ended up networking my way in with a real estate investor and um, essentially an asset manager, but getting partial ownership as a real estate investor to manage all of these deals.
0: Now, did you go to did you go to college or did you go straight into working?
1: I did. I went to okay, Great Canyon okay. in Phoenix.
0: Okay, cool. Sorry. I don't know if I missed that part. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Keep going.
1: Yeah. So that's basically it. Um, like I said, not really... Um, like being around it growing up, but not really having the terminology for what a real estate investor was, but just having these big dreams for my life as well. Um, I kind of stumbled my way into real estate.
0: What did you go to school for?
1: Entrepreneurial studies, so business.
0: Oh, cool. I wish I would have went for something else. I literally, I'm not kidding, Tiffany. I went to college uh, and I'll never forget. I can remember it was yesterday. I walked into um, my guidance counselor's office and let me backtrack. I never met with my guidance counselor in high school ever. No idea who she was. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, But I also went to like a really large high school. Um, Yeah, I went to my guidance counselors in college because we had to meet with like our advisor or whatever. And she was like, oh, so what, you know, you haven't declared your major. What do you want to do? I was like, declare a major? I thought you told me what I studied. Like, I swear, like first generation college, like in my in my culture, like after high school, you just go to work. Like it wasn't like a thing. <clears throat> and literally she gave me the sheet of paper and this, I know this podcast isn't about me, but it's a cool story. She gave me a sheet of paper and it had um, six little lines. And then at the top, it said like, uh, uh, declaring your major or something like that. And I, I asked her, I was like, can you give me some advice? Like, what do you think I, I can do? Excuse the coughs. Um, and she was like, well, what do you like? Like, you don't have to declare. You can take this, that. And I was like, well, I know what I don't like. I don't like math. Can you can you help me pick something that maybe... And she's like, well, you, like I said, you don't have to declare, but sociology and criminal justice and these things just have your first level, second level, um, you know, algebra or college, college, whatever. I was like, okay, I'll do that. There's no college. So I just put criminal justice, sociology at the top. And uh, and I saw six lines, and she was like, "Okay, pick your classes." Okay, and I saw six lines. I just filled out all six. So I took eighteen hours every semester until I graduated. I didn't know any better, um, and I never changed my major. I'd literally have my degree up there. I never changed my major. I took eighteen hours every semester. And you know what's crazy is I went to college uh, fall, spring, and summer. I didn't know you had summer. Like it was it was it was absolutely crazy, Tiffany. Uh, so that's my college story. Uh, super, super hilarious. I wish I would have changed my major and, and know what I know now. Um, would you say that college has positively affected your investing career now? Like, would you say that you're using some of the things you learned?
1: So I have like just recently graduated college. I'm only 25 years old. So mm. coming from that perspective, um, yes and no. So the connections I made in college have been amazing. It's actually my husband's mentor, and we dated in college who is this real estate investor that I connected with and now manage and help own this company with him. Um, so that has been key. And just the life skills of networking and um, you know public speaking and different things like that have helped, but my degree, not at all. So.
2: I have to agree on my end, if I look back at college, other than helping me be able to be a software developer, right? And- at, at my job but then when I left um that really didn't help me other than the connections like if I look back um if I were to just get into real estate from like from the beginning I wouldn't have gone into college um but the connections did did help me a lot Go ahead, Tiffany sorry.
1: I tell people all the time that if you don't really know what you want to do with college or know what you want to study, don't go. Don't waste the money. Um, mm-hmm. Get into some sort of trade um, you know, real estate, trade, mechanic, anything like that. Get into something and figure it out later if you need a degree.
0: I agree a hundred percent with that. Let, and then we can jump off of this college bandwagon, but just to hone on it a couple more seconds, I think a lot of times people maybe go to college to two things. Would you guys agree to satisfy our parents belief that you got to go to college to be successful? And I'm not putting that on our parents because that's all they know. And that's okay. But I think it's also up to us to kind of educate ourselves to say, hey, is college going to be a positive influence to my goals as I grow older or is it going to be a hindrance where I'm going to lose four years and 100 grand? Um, I feel like a lot of times we go for the experience over the actual education that comes from college. Cause when I think about it, like you said, the relationships are great. The friendships I made were awesome, but like, I'm not using my degree. And, and that was like, I think 130 something thousand dollars that my mom paid for that maybe I could have used as an investing that would have been paying me even to this day. Um, so if my advice for anyone listening who is thinking about going to college or maybe doing their own thing is take a year off. Think about it. Take a huge deep breath. Colleges aren't going anywhere. They're a lucrative business. So take a year off. Tell your parents you're willing to work, learn, do something, and then after a year, sit yourself down with reality and be like, Do I need to go to college for the things that I'm passionate about, or can I go ahead and get started now? Um, I'm I'm on Diego's side on that one, where like you know, as as being invested in real estate, you don't need a college degree, and you could be a lot further. Uh, if you didn't go to college. But Tiffany, uh, you said you just graduated. Um, you told us a little bit about what you, what you did to get into real estate. Can you tell us how you think the jobs that you were doing uh, and if you're still working now are affecting your real estate in a good way?
1: Yeah. Um, so I've had several different jobs and everything I've done, uh, just from my personality, I put my all into them. And I think that's one of the skills that I've learned Um, Is just put your all into everything because people pick up on that and then they give you opportunities where maybe you uh, think you don't deserve them. That's essentially how it fell into my lap. I gave my all working in apartment management. Um, I was really good at my job. I treated it like my own business. I was managing 400 unit apartment buildings. Wow. Should I have been? Probably not. But I just gave it my all Mm -hmm. and treated it like my own and treated it like I was the owner even before I was an owner. Um, and now I'm managing a 350 unit portfolio as a partial owner. And it was just constant putting my all into it and treating it like I was the owner, even when I wasn't the owner. Um, and that was the biggest thing I picked up on my jobs before becoming an investor. Um, just give your all because people are noticing even when you think nobody's noticing.
0: Did you say managing 400? 400?
1: Yeah, we have a portfolio over three fifty. We have a team of different on-site managers, people that live there, um, and manage, do some tasks in exchange for their rent, different things like that. So it's more And you're
0: still there now.
1: Yes. Well, no, I'm not I'm not managing apartments anymore. Our own portfolio is three hundred fifty units and that's what I do full time um as an owner operator. Wait. That's awesome. (laughs) It's
0: crazy. Wait, (laughs) let's go back. Hold on. Let's pause it quick because I'm not going to allow you to just throw that bomb out there and they just kind of coast by. So you manage 350 plus units that are yours in some sort of fashion.
1: Yes. Yeah. All I'm right. I'm the owner on all of them. You're a what? Partial owner in exchange for operating them. So yeah. other people's money, not my own money. I only No, that's own that's sexy.
0: I, I'm excited <laughs> to get into this. So This is so going to be from good. From that
2: perspective, you are a GP on a syndication yep.
0: Diego can you explain that
1: okay.
2: yeah so a syndication is basically where there are there it's divided into GPs and LPs the LPs are the partners that bring in the money they're not on title but they will bring part of the capital the GPs are more of the asset management company um they are the ones that raise the capital they might sign all of the documents um they also put up the earnest money inspection money and all of that stuff in the beginning uh for part of the gp and um so usually there's that asset management part and that's what you do tiffany from from that perspective
0: so tiffany tell us about that how did you get into this how did you you're 25 26 years old Cool. So tell us um, how that worked for you, how you got into it, um, how you manage. Well, let's start with this. How did you get into it? Tell us about the deal and then we'll dig into how you manage systems, processes and procedures.
1: Perfect. Yeah. So like I said, my husband's mentor in college, he was doing this before me. And so we split the GP. Um, He was growing to where he couldn't personally self-manage all of it on his own. So he knew I was working in apartments from conversations, friendship. He knew what I was doing in apartments. I was treating it as my own. He knew I had the skills, the capacity. And he said, come on board. Let's do this together. So our company is Game Day Real Estate and we are the GPs. We bring in investors. Um, So that's kind of how it got started. like I said, networking, because I didn't have to create this all myself. He was already doing it and I got brought in.
0: So this is powerful, Tiffany, and I have two examples of this. So one, um, I want to talk about how the eyes are always watching, right? You said you treated your job like if it was your passion and somebody was watching. And now you have the honor, the pleasure, the right to to, to a lot of real estate because you treated a job where you are at to your fullest potential. And that speaks volumes because somebody was watching. And that's huge because a lot of people are like, oh, well, I'm just at this job too. Cause I really want to do this. And it's like, well, um, a Jesse Jesseitzer said it best be a hundred percent where you are. If you're with your kids, be the best dad. If you're flipping a property at the property, flip the hell out of that property. You were at a job and you were crushing it. Like if it was your own business and somebody was watching. The second thing is start with where you want to be. So like you started in this position, managing other people's stuff, you were putting in the boots on the ground, you were grinding it out day to day. I'm sure you didn't love and passionate about your job, but you did it well. Uh, And now you're in a position where you're doing it for yourself. uh, so what's really cool about that is we know we have a friend Diego and I have an acquaintance um, who did this in college. So he would help people find apartment complexes, uh, an apartment to live in. He would get a little cut out of that, but it was setting him up for what he does now as a fantastic realtor. Um, so it's like kind of like the same thing. So we get to see this on and on uh, where people are like, if you're like where you're at, do it with passion and the universe, the world, God, whatever you believe in will like give you those things, speaking it into existence, right? So I think that's awesome what you were doing. Diego, were you going to say something?
2: Oh, well, it was going to be similar to what you just said of the, you never know, like right at the beginning too, you're working for the knowledge and you were dedicating as much time as possible towards that. And then now you can put into work and now you have equity. I heard once from Osborne who said, um, you should either work for equity or for the knowledge that you're going to be getting at those jobs and it sounds like now you have both you you already got the knowledge and now you have equity so that's awesome
1: exactly yeah when i was working at the big apartment complexes as the job um i wasn't making great money and but i every day i showed up trying to learn something new um i would talk with our regional manager all the time about you know the budgeting and hiring and the whole nine yards um every day i was trying to learn something new in that job role and that's how i had the skill set to come into being an investor now
0: that's that's, that's amazing yeah that's perfect so anyone that's listening where you're at in your job you never know who's watching so be present in the moment of where you're at because you never know if it how it's a setup to where you might want to be all right tiffany so can we talk about um Maybe the first deal that you, that you did GP, how did you learn? Uh, what was the, what was the situation? And then maybe talk a little bit about the processes and procedures that you have in place to manage such a large portfolio and kudos to you for doing it at such a young age, you're crushing it.
1: Thank you. It's difficult, but every day is <laughs> fun. Um, so one of the first deals we did is, um, part of our portfolio's apartment flips and congratulations to you guys. I know you just got your 34 unit. Yay. Um, Thank you. that it was exciting. Was- it's so exciting, but it sounds
0: like nothing compared to now. I'm kind no. of it. like <laughs> it,
1: right? It's <was> like
0: three forty.
1: <laughs> we just do a couple of those. That's the only difference. So we That's buy okay. that range all the time, ten to forty units um, apartment complexes. We oftentimes buy them off of. Um, Sellers that maybe were self-managing, oftentimes they're older gentlemen who would do all of the maintenance themselves. So there's a lot of deferred maintenance. Um, And so we buy those in our Phoenix market and we flip them. Um, We give everybody, you know, the appropriate notices. We completely flip the property um, and then using other people's money. And then we re-rent them, lease up, and then we sell them. Um, so that's a big chunk of our portfolio is constantly churning apartment flips.
0: So really quick, before you move on, I'm so sorry. Um, we heard all that, but how do you find the deals? How, does, how, does, yeah, how do you find it? And then we can keep going. Sorry, I wrote it down because I'll forget.
1: <laughs> that's okay. Um, so finding deals, we do a lot off market through some commercial brokers that we have relationships with. And because my business partner has been doing this for a decade, um, he has strong relationships on his side. And so they often come to us first Like, hey, I know you're an apartment flipper. You do these deals all the time. I've got another person trying to sell. Do you want this deal? Um, So a lot of what we do is off market um, through the commercial brokers that we partner with.
2: Okay, cool. Okay. And so then you guys were able to find these properties and how how was it um, that that opportunity came up like they, they gave you, hey, we want to give you a salary and then part of the GP side or the, you negotiate that part there too. How, how was that?
1: Yeah, so when I came into this team um, with this business, with my business partner, um, we each have a salary and then equity as well. Uh, and that's okay. just, we do enough deals that constantly contribute to that and mm-hmm. is able to fund that.
2: Okay, awesome. And how long ago did you get started with that?
1: So I've been working um, in this since April of 2020. So right as the COVID was hitting, wow. it was crazy. So I, yep, it was a crazy experience. Dang. Okay. Okay. okay so, so
0: go ahead, Diego. Sorry. No, I got go it. Ahead. Okay. Um, yeah. So Tiffany, tell me, uh, that's how you find the deals. You got a great broker. Can you talk about relationships real quick? And I'm sorry I keep going back to this, but I think it's really important so people know kind of where the starting point is. Um, can you tell us about the relationship you have to get these opportunities to take these deals down? Because we talk a lot about uh, building relationships, like who is your next who, not 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 what, right? So, can you talk about the relationships you have to get the opportunity, even to purchase these deals, and then we'll move on?
1: Yeah, so we're constantly working with the same four to five commercial brokers for our apartment flips. Um, And they consistently come to us with the deal, knowing our reputation, knowing we do them quick. Typically within 12 to 18 months, we flip these apartments. Um, They know that they're going to get a commission on the front end for selling us this deal. They know they're getting a commission on the back end in 12 to 18 months. Um, and so we are constantly working with them when we don't have an active deal with the broker, you know, we're sitting down, we're calling them, Hey, do you have any deals right now? Taking them out to eat. So they're constantly just bringing us deals. And then we do our due diligence, figure out if this is a good deal for us, for our investors. Um, and then we go from there.
0: Sweet. Okay. Perfect. So let's dig deep now into the management of this. I'm, I'm Tiffany uh two years ago, how did you and what things are in place for you to manage this amount of units and flipping it and and uh okay so l- l- let's do it this way. You have buy a property and you have tenants in there and you know that you have to get them out, right? Because at the end of the day that's what you're doing. You're evicting a tenant because you need to flip the property. It's business, it's not pretty, but it is what it is. How does that process work and then into flipping a unit and into listing it? Do you get new tenants in and then list it? Walk us through that process.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So like you said, that process is a little difficult. It's just business. Um, But we have another side of our portfolio that's more affordable housing. And typically we are able to facilitate that transfer from one apartment complex to our more affordable side, especially if they're on housing vouchers, we're able to help that transition. Um, Here in Phoenix, it's a 30-day notice. We work with them. We sit down, we take them the legal notice, we explain, and we let them know, hey, you need some time to process this. Call me back when you're ready to talk. I have other apartments in your price range that you're paying right now.
0: So you do give options. I think that's huge for people to hear that. You don't just like kick them out of the street. There is options within their parameters of, of uh, rent.
1: Correct. And if for some reason we can't facilitate that transfer, um, we you know encourage them, give them resources. I'm constantly looking for other apartments and different budgets to send to them, hey, I just saw this, call this person. So we are trying to be human throughout this process. For sure. Um, but it is business. So we give them that 30 day notice um we love when we buy apartment communities where everybody's on a month-to-month lease we're able to come and do it all at the same time facilitate the move out dates on the same day um, and then get started so we also just like we have four to five brokers we work with we have about three general contractors we work with we have some in-house maintenance and we start the whole process thankfully because this is something we do a lot it's very systematic so people know when they see our apartments that there are apartments there's white cabinets there's granite countertops um black accent colors everything's the same we're using a lot of the same materials in every deal um it's very consistent and people know when they see our apartments that it's ours
0: i i bet tiffany goes to home depot and gets can i get 37 gallons of the black, please. <laughs> They're yes. like, what? They're like I'm doing a whole <laughs> of, a, I need 50 gallons of the same color. Yep.
1: No, <laughs> we actually did that um, Earlier this year, we did two apartments at the same time at the same stage, literally close within days. And we went in and we bought 50 of the same faucets, 50 washer, dryers, washer dryers 50 fridges, like the whole night. <coughs> so it's very systematic because where we're at in the process. Um, and they had done several deals before I had even come into the team. And so they kind of handed me this playbook and we've made it better. Um, but it is very much a system and a process.
0: It's just systems and processes because you are going to fail to your systems. And if you have something down tight, then you know that you're not going to go below that line. Guys who's listening and girls, um, everyone is listening. This is huge because, um, you know, what she's saying basically, and in, in, in what I'm hearing is, you know, you got these processes and procedures and you're going to go up and down, but you're not going to go below the line that you've set for yourself. And like you said, people know your apartments because you do them all the same. This is why McDonald's does so well. Their burgers aren't great. Let's just be honest. They're a quick fix for a quick hunger, but you know exactly what you're getting every time you go to McDonald's in Clarksville, Knoxville, California. It doesn't matter. The burger tastes the same. And I think this is good in business because even yourself, you're going to know how your business runs. My business, for example, it doesn't run at 100%. And I know that I could do better, but I know that I'm not going to fall below a threshold with me and my business partners. Um, and I'm okay with that, right? And, and if I have more time, I'll, I'll boost it up a little bit more. But I'm okay with being at a certain processes and procedures because it allows me the time that I need. Tiffany, that's awesome. I love I love that, that you do it all the same. You have processes for that. Um, can you talk a little bit about, go ahead, Diego, did you have something to say?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Over. tools do you use or applications oh, yeah. to be able to manage um, everybody, right? From the contractors to to the turns, all of that stuff.
1: So there's a lot of systems we use. Yeah. Uh, first and I foremost, analyzing a deal, we have a spreadsheet. It's the same. We type in our numbers and it turns out basically, is this a good deal or not with specific numbers? Um, so that's an Excel that's been built for us. Um, and we use that as far as managing our teams. The good news is because we do the same thing. They know what to expect. We can reasonably estimate how many weeks each, um, Each turn is going to take on the flip. Um, Our GCs know exactly what to buy, how many people to bring in. Our landscapers, we can give them the address, the square feet, and they put together the whole quote. Um, So there's a lot of systems from that perspective. And then as far as the day-to-day management, um, we have a time clock system for our guys that are W-2 within (laughs) Um, our GCS use 1099, so we're just cutting them a big check. Um, so they manage their own guys. And then we have that folio for our day-to- day management. Um, we have once we have uh, tenants in place, we have a system called rent check that does all of our inspections for us. They're virtual inspections. Uh, and those are the main systems we use is that folio and rent check.
0: Guys, rewind that. listen to that free sauce. Because masterminds will charge you thousands of dollars for what she just said. Rewind those last 30, 45 seconds, write those down and dig into those processes. Because not only can you use these processes with one or two houses, you you can use this with thousands of units and you want to grow into things, not grow out of things. So learn these processes and procedures now. Tiffany, that's huge for what you do. Thank you for saying that. Um, So... I, I'm curious, why Why do you guys sell the apartment complex? Do you guys not keep any of them?
1: So we have part of our portfolio that's hold and part of them that's flip. We kind of Got use it. our flips to churn more deals. Makes the sense. is half of our portfolio. We don't actually have investors on. So we are the owners a hundred percent. So we kind of use our profits from being the GPs on the flips to flip it into our buy and hold side. And now we've purchased um, you know, single family flips. We're working on two developments from the ground up. So we've been able to kind of churn our money and our profit from these flips into other buy and hold deals where we have more of a heart mission.
0: Um, oh, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so we invest in inner cities, uh, mainly Phoenix, South Phoenix, and we have affordable rents, we accept housing vouchers, um, we want to holistically serve our tenants, so we have fitness classes, we have, um, you know, like uh, Christmas events, like different holiday events we give our tenants food baskets we partner with an organization that does that and then we are turning our renters into home buyers so we have a goal every year to turn 10 of our renters into home buyers and we just started our program called our full circle program so we bought a single family home off a wholesaler um, at a great price we're flipping it ourselves in-house we are going to sell it to a renter and one of our current residents and then we've controlled the whole process from start to finish in making affordable housing and making homeowners in South Phoenix.
0: Wow, that is so cool. You got a passion behind it. That's amazing. I love that. That's awesome. Do you know Evan Holiday, Tiffany?
1: Yes, I follow him. I love his stuff.
0: Yeah, he's here in Nashville. We go we've gone mountain biking. We've gotten coffee together. I've been on his podcast. That's that, y'all, y'all sound like y'all are doing the same. That's so cool. You Oh man, you guys, We I need to get both you guys on the podcast at the same time. Cause I feel like both of you guys have like the same energy towards housing. Um, I think so in talking to Evan, I thought, and a lot of people might be thinking the same thing. Like either you are like not profit and helping people with housing or you're for profit and you're not helping people with housing. But Evan taught me that you can do both. You can make money, be profitable and Help people find housing. Like you can be a positive influence in your community with by also making money, and that's huge. Um, And I and 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 that's coming from you and Evan. And I was like mind blown because I thought it was either or. Like honestly, I was like, dude, you're going to go into a community, you're going to raise the rent because you got to be profitable, and that's just business. Or you can do it nonprofit style. But with what what you and Evan are saying, it's like you can give back and you can educate and you can make people homeowners, and that's huge. Uh, So like you're. You're a profit, but you also have like a mission behind, which which is huge. I think that's awesome. So I'm glad that, you know, Evan, I was going to connect you guys. Um, but that, yeah, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. No, you think of affordable housing and you think of slumlords in different situations like mm-hmm. that. It's not at all what affordable housing is. We have, you know, the same standard of our more um, higher end apartments is the same standard we have for our affordable housing. Yeah. Uh, and we make it work.
0: No, that's huge. I think that's that I think I think that's super cool, um, that that you guys have that mission. Um, so, so you you flip some, so you can buy more. The ones that you buy, you're you're the owner. Um, how many units do you own? I guess I don't want to say like by yourself, but with your with your business partners as a GP. What what is how, how many units do you, do you guys own?
1: So we have one twenty two on the buy and hold affordable housing. Yep. So.
0: That's amazing. And you're twenty five. You said yes. Man, you you speak like you've been in the game for ages. What would you tell someone coming out of high school or college, 21, 22 year old, just like you, Tiffany, even. Like, man, I want to get into real estate, but I want to go GP or I want to do this. Like, what are some books or what's some advice that you would give someone that's starting out? That's like, man, I would want to be as successful at 25 as Tiffany is like, obviously, I can't imagine you at 35. Holy crap, you're going to own half of your state. Um So what would you say to someone that's like, I want to get started. I want to do this what she's doing. That's passion.
1: Yeah, I think first and foremost, one of the biggest Mm -hmm. things for me was understanding that you're going to have imposter syndrome. Um, This is something that I have every day, essentially, and I have to combat it. But I've also been listening to personal development, reading books, listening to podcasts since I was 17 years old, Mm -hmm. um, since I was in high school. So this has been, you know, seven years of filling my mind up and understanding that um you can try anything Uh, and i'm afraid of failure all the time but i understand that getting out there and trying is the only way you perfect it Um, the first time is going to be messy Um, the first deal that i took on was messy and there was hiccups in it Um, but the good news is i had the network behind me to kind of tap in and understand um, that they weren't perfect the first time either um so constant personal development one of my um, personal faves is the compound effect it's something i've read like four or five times every day you have to take some sort of action towards your goal uh, don't overwhelm yourself but small bite sized everyday action
0: small bite-size everyday action someone put it on a shirt that's huge because that's true like a lot of people i think focus on the elephant versus just taking one bite at a time. And they're like, man, that thing is huge. Like I'll never be able to take down 122 units. Like I I just, I can't even fathom that. Um, and a lot of times, like you said, it's just one unit at a time, one paint color at a time, right? Just take one, what's, what can I do? Ah, what was it that the guy said? Like, what are the next five steps that I can do today? Or what are the two steps that I can do today that, what is it, Diego, do you know what I'm talking about? Am I crazy?
2: Um, no. I is it what remember. Brandon it was, Turner says? I think it's like, what Brandon Turner says. What is says. that one one thing that you can do today? Yeah, to I think that's what Tiffany was trying to, to say. You. But it's like the next thing that you can do in like the next 10 minutes. Like he yeah, breaks it down huge. That, that small. Um, because at that point it's like, what is the next thing that you can do in the next 10 minutes to get you closer to that real goal?
1: No, it's literally like everyday writing down a couple things. One of my things on my two list today is calling the framer for one of the flips we're working on. It's literally that small. And it's yeah. you put enough of those actions together in a line and you have yourself a deal. You have yourself your first flip or your first house hack or whatever. Um, you have that next step.
0: Let's go one step deeper here and uh, you don't have to answer the question. I'm okay. But I always like to tiptoe this line. Tiffany, being a woman, what struggles have you seen? Cause I'm just, we're just going to be raw on this podcast. I'm raw um, on other podcasts I've been on. I wasn't able to ask certain questions, but I want to get real as a woman in what's supposed to be a male-dominated industry which I hate that um, we're huge on empowering women at rat race Defy and in our podcast what are some of the struggles that you've had to go through or what have people said and let's encourage some of our women listeners to get into real estate and attack it because you know you can do even better than, than guys so like um, what are some of the struggles you've had to get through and, and how'd you power through that
1: oh every day Um especially from contractors and GCs they see you as a woman as essentially this project manager this owner and uh you know sometimes they don't understand that i know very small amounts of spanish and when they're calling me nasty names in spanish because i'm telling them what they're doing is not to the specs um then they get upset um you know i've been called nasty names i the imposter syndrome going home and wondering do i really have what i take what it takes as a young person and a female Um, it's constant and just understanding that I belong here. Um, I can do this. I've done amazing things and I can continue to do amazing things. And then just following on Instagram. Um, I'm not very active. I haven't posted too much, but just following some of the other females, um, in this industry. So
0: I would, uh, Tiffany, I would, uh, encourage you to post more, because I think a lot of women seek uh, social media to um, kind of get energy for themselves. For example, Belen the Builder, uh, I don't know if you follow her, but she's in our mastermind from a long time now and uh, she followed investor girl Brit and now she's empowering other women to DIY properties. She's flipping like three or four homes in Oklahoma and it's huge. So I would challenge you to post more cause people, cause especially the young generation and like women that are watching you crush it. Um, you can be super influential to them so they can get invested in real estate and maybe see some of the struggles that you're going through and how you overcome them as well. Um, Diego and I as, as, as um, a minority uh, in, in this country, like we also go through struggles and like, like you said, imposter syndrome, do we deserve this? Do we do that? Um, so that's why we have our social medias and rat race where we're like, we're empowering other people. It doesn't have to be minorities, but we just empower people to like, look, we all go through these struggles and it's okay. And you do belong and you do deserve wealth. You do deserve to be here. Um, and, and, and this isn't just for the, um, for the rich man to, to do right. We all deserve it. So, uh, I think it's awesome that you're that, 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 uh, what you're doing and, and, and what you just said, it, it's true.
1: Yeah, I uh, had to go private for a little bit due to a situation with a tenant and <gasps> I'm back public I'm back public and sharing on stories and sharing different things. Um, one of the things I learned over that is just understanding what part of my personal life to share. Um, so they had just been stalking me and um, that's weird, so, but now they're out and situations over so I'm back <laughs> public, not sharing as much in my personal life. So I did learn a lesson there um but excited to start sharing more of the real estate side again as I opened it back up. So
2: cool, cool. And so what's next for you in 2022 uh for as a GP, are you growing more the flipping side, the long-term rentals, what's next?
1: So we just started in quarter 3 and 4 of this uh 2021, we bought two developments and we're under contract on a third. So that's really what's next from the ground up for us. Um is that development from the ground up. And then from more of a personal side and more of our mission, um, being that I am getting my real estate license, I'm almost done. Our goal is to help more of our renters become homeowners, whether it's one of our properties or an outside property and helping our tenants become homeowners, because that's that's a huge feeling. Um, and buying your first home, I remember the one that I live in and my personal home buying that first home was like, Oh my gosh, I did this with my own money. And, um, just a really rewarding feeling. Um, so I want to help other people have that feeling as well.
0: I think that's That's huge. Powerful. Tiffany, where can uh, people... spe- Yep, I was going oh, to say the same thing. I was going to say the same thing. Tiffany, speaking of Maybe. socials, where can people find you? Yes,
1: yeah, definitely. so my Instagram is at Tiffany Nora Williams. Um, I do post a lot on stories. I'm going to figure out posting on the feed, but definitely stories day to day. I share different things, different one of our flips, um, resident stories without disclosing anything. Uh, just fun little tidbits of what's going on with our business.
0: That's amazing. Cool. Tiffany, it's been a pleasure and honor to have you on the rat race to fight podcast. You've given us so much knowledge. I can't wait to hear get back to you. Let's say in December and see like how you crush 2022. Cause I know you will. Um, I think it's huge. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, it, it, honestly, it was a pleasure and honor to have you on.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and giving a voice to so many different people. Um, like I said, being young, a lot of imposter syndrome, but thank you for giving me a voice too. So
2: Awesome. Of course. Thank you.
1: Thank you, guys.
0: Bye, Tiffany. See ya. The Rap Race to Five podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve
1: financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place.